The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 8th, 2021. The woman in your life she can rest so easily she does everything you do because the woman in your life is you everybody and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer and co-producer and the love of my life, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Wow, what a beautiful, beautiful day it was today coming here to the studio. And also, we, yesterday, Ken and I had the thrill of going down to the beach. We went to Goat Rock, and it was absolutely stunning. It was an amazing experience to be able to leave our shelter. I mean, it just feels like we're going on to almost one year since we've all been isolated like this. Well... February is Black History Month, and to honor Black History Month, I have a special guest with me. Joining me on the phone will be Faith Ross, one of the organizers in Petaluma for the celebration of Black History Month. The theme for this year's Black History Month is Celebrating Family. Faith is going to talk about their program, and I love the title, Petaluma Brings Museum Exhibit to the Streets. I mean, we just have a wonderful way of, ad- of adapting to things as human beings. Which, if this sounds pretty interesting to me, so stay tuned and find out all about it. Uh, the exhibit actually opened on Friday, January 29th, and it's going to be uh, available through March 15th, 2021. Also joining me on the phone will be Stephanie King, the marketing director of the Charles M. Shields Museum and Research Center uh, here in downtown Santa Rosa. Here we are almost a year in shutdown, so to speak, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk with an organization and see how they're handling it. Uh, Besides, there's a lot of one-line activities I know many of our listeners will be interested in, particularly those who have children at home. And Stephanie is going to give us an update on all of that. So really, it just it'll be an amazing program today. Well, this Friday, uh, February 12th, according to the Chinese calendar, 2021 is the year of the ox. And just a little background, the ox is the second animal of the Chinese zodiac. According to astrologers, the ox donates hard work, positivity, and honesty that will be manifested in all of us in the coming 12 months. Boy, that's pretty interesting. Hard work, positivity, and honesty. Boy, we certainly need honesty. Uh, Ken and I uh, watched a, a film uh last night called The Social Dilemma, talking about the media and uh, Facebook and Google and all the different programs that they have. And I really want to encourage people, if you get a chance, to watch that film. It's really very, very informative, and it really lets us know, you know, some of the things that we have to control in order to make sure that our population is safe and content, so to speak. I mean, it's it was just a riveting film. So that's uh, called The Dilemma, Social Dilemma. Amazing, amazing film. 
Well, you know, our history is our strength. You know, that I, I have to tell you for sure. And February is Black History Month uh, or National African American History Month is an annual celebration of achievement by black Americans and a time for recognizing the central role of African Americans in United States history. It's amazing when you start thinking about it. The event grew out of Negro History Week, the brainchild of noted historian Carter O.G. Woodson and other prominent African Americans uh, since 1976 which is very, very interesting. Every United States president has has officially designated the month of February as Black History Month. Other countries around the world, including Canada and the United Kingdom, also devote a month to celebrating black history. In honor... Of these month, of this month, I want to honor the accomplishment of African American women that I have selected, uh, for the women to, uh, mention on this show. First person, of course, and I'm sure everybody knows, happy, happy birthday on February 9th, happy birthday to Alice Walker, writer, first American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for fiction for the color purple. So happy birthday, Alice. Amazing, amazing woman. 1944. She was born the same age as my sister Evelyn. Anyway, another interesting thing that's happening is on February 12th, this is something to also become aware of, in 1869, and I was stunned when I found this out. This was a piece of history, and I want to do a shout-out for the National Women's History Alliance because I go on their website and I find all the different historical events for women that happened during the month, and I'm, I really appreciate that they have such great records of that. Well, it's so interesting, but on February 12, 1869, the Utah Territorial Legislation passes a bill allowing women to vote. Well, I said to myself, that is really progressive. 1869, I mean, we didn't get the vote here in in the United States, every state, until 1920, so this is quite quite a while back. So I start doing some research. I said, oh, the Utah Territorial Legislation passes a bill allowing women to vote. Well, what I found out, it was very interesting, I'm going to read this to you. Back in 1856... The Republican Party, which later on turned to be the Democratic Party, the Republican Party had declared its commitment to ending the twin relics of barbarism, polygamy, and slavery. It's amazing. They were looking in Utah to get rid of polygamy. And so all of a sudden there was this great movement for women to get the vote. And what happened was that the... uh Later, Latter-day Saints, who that, that's who the, the Mormons are, really believed that if they allowed women to vote, they would not, they would, they would authorize polygamy. And so they encouraged the vote, and therefore the legislation said on February 12, 1869, that uh, Utah territorial legislation passes a bill allowing women to vote. The, the, the interesting part about it, when the women went to the polls, guess what? They outlawed polygamy. polygamy. So it's, it was a very, very uh, interesting, interesting piece of history to find out. 
And I, I was really shocked, you know, when I started thinking about it. But it's another way, another demonstration of how the politicals continually, continually manipulate us and try to get us to believe in this and to believe in that and to believe in all these other things. I mean, just, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. Well, I have a special, a special announcement. Uh, also, another thing in 1870, the Utah Territory passed the legis- uh, legislation officially organ- uh, recognizing women's suffrage rights. In 1871, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, leaders of the early suffrage movement, visited the Utah Territory. They wanted to witness women in Utah exercising their right to vote. I mean, can you just imagine that, the struggle? I mean, this was almost, uh, let's see, 1869. That's almost 60 years later was when finally uh, the 19th Amendment was, was passed and women got the vote across the United States. Of course, California was a little bit early. I believe they got the vote in 1911. So it's just <laughs> amazing history, amazing what women have gone through to try to get rights and equality. And we're still struggling for that. And and I I need to do I need to do a shout out right now for uh, Representative uh, I believe it's Senator Lynn Cheney, uh, who voted I believe to uh, imp- to do an impeachment trial for the uh, past president President Trump, and I just want to do a shout out for her. I don't necessarily agree with her politics, you know. Some things I agree, some things I don't. But you know, I support what she has done. She's standing up. For the right, she says we have to investigate. We have to look at this. We have to we have to take this very very seriously. And I just commend her courage. And another thing, she's not sitting down and taking this easily. And I believe that every woman out there needs to write her a letter and say thank you. I mean, I think it's very important that we acknowledge when women like that stand up. And like I said, you don't necessarily have to agree with her. I mean, if you're a Republican or, of course you're going to agree, might agree with her or might not. It seems like the party itself is split in half or quarters uh, these days. But I think it took a lot of courage for her to stand up. And I think every woman out there should write her a letter of, of thanks and say thank you for standing up. Thank you for, for doing the right thing and for having the courage, to having the courage to stand up. You know, the competition, you know, there's not that many women in the Senate. So she's pretty much on her own. That's why it's very important that women, all of us, support her. Oh, she's a representative. I'm sorry. Okay, I have a special announcement to make here, and that's about the National Organization for Women, the Sonoma County chapter. You know, we're going to be celebrating again Black History Month. And what great results and I mean, this county has just had an amazing election. And there are three women that are going to be on the uh, National Organization's Women's uh, Sonoma County Chapter Zoom on February 18th from uh, 6.30 to uh, 8 p.m. And you can go on to nowsonoma.org. Look at the uh, the newsletter, and you'll see all the information on how to get to the Zoom. We'll also have it on Women's Spaces on www.womenspaces. 
and the women that we're going to be honoring are, well, first of all, Tina Rogers uh, is going to do an overview of Black History Month. She's a historian and a teacher and a wonderful speaker. I know you'll enjoy her. And then the three women that are going to be presenting are Jackie Elwood. Uh, she just became the vice mayor for Rona Park City Council, and it's just amazing that Jackie was elected. I mean, congratulations to her. And also to become the vice mayor, just amazing. And then Natalie Rogers uh, was voted to the Santa Rosa City Council and has, has become their vice mayor. Congratulations to her. These are all women of color. And then Skylar Palokios. Uh, she is a council member at Hillsburg City Council, and that was another amazing win. And these three women will be presenting. Uh, they're going to talk about uh, their backgrounds, give a little information about them, uh, what their, how they strategized how they ran for office and what they believe was the reason for these wonderful results. And also we will have time for uh, questions and answers. And also at the beginning at six at 6.30, uh, the first half hour is going to be a business meeting. And everybody is welcome. All members are welcome of the National Organization for Women, along with friends, family. Bring everybody, come on down and listen. I am really, really excited about having these three women on. So that's going to be Thursday, February 18th. 2021 from 6.30 to 8 and it's presented by the uh, Sonoma County chapter of the National Organization for Women and it's a Zoom and like I said you can go on now sonoma.org you'll find the information also you can go on www.womenspaces and you will see all the information about how to get to the Zoom well it's that time to take a uh a uh, musical break, but I'm going to do something very different. You know, Cicely Tyson, uh, who is an actress and uh, very, very active uh, for women's rights and also for African-American rights, and she did a wonderful, wonderful uh, presentation of the poem, Ain't I a Woman?, and it was uh, done by, you know, it was written by Sojourner Truth. And what I found out, what I found out about that uh, that poem, which is very interesting to me, was that Sojourner, Sojourner Truth gave a presentation in 1851 at the Ohio Women's Rights Convention. She, uh, Truth spoke, spoke out about equal rights for black women. Reporters published different transcripts of the of the speech where she used the rhetorical question, ain't I a woman? And that's how it got its title. So it's very interesting that, that these reporters, it shows the importance of the media. The reporters recorded her presentation and it turned into one of the very, very popular statements from women, particularly women of color. So we're going to go ahead and play that uh, Ain't I a Woman, uh, read by Cecily Tyson. And uh, also... Uh, when we return, we, we will talk, we'll be talking by phone first with Stephanie King, Marketing Director of the Charles M. Schultz Museum and Research Center, and we'll be talking about the Schultz Museum, how they've been adapting to the coronavirus, and also some of their programs that are, that are on. So let's go ahead, Ken, let's play Ain't I a Woman, read by Cecily Tyson, which is a three-minute piece. Children, hmm. where there's so much racket, there must be something out of kilter. 
fact, between the women of the North and the Negroes of the South, all thinking about rights, you white men going to be in a fix pretty soon. <laughs> well, what's all this talking about? Hmm? This man over there, yes, he, he, he said, women's have to be helped in the carriages, lifted over ditches, and to have the best place everywhere. Well, nobody ever helped me in no carriage. <laughs> Over no mud puddles or gives me any best place in ain't our woman. Hmm? Look at me. Look at my arms. Hmm? I done plowed and planted and gathered into barns and no man could help me. And ain't our woman? Hmm? Then they talk about this thing in the head, but I'm not going there yet, because I want to tell you that I done burnt 13 children and saw the most old soul locked to slavery. And when I cried out with a mother's beef, none but Jesus heard me, and ain't that a woman. Then they, they talks about this thing in the head. What's that they call it? They call it. Inlay, inlay, that's it, sugar. <laughs> What's that got to do with women's rights or Negroes' rights? If my cup don't hold but a pint and yawn hold a quart, wouldn't you be mean not to let me have my little, uh, uh, my little, uh, half a pint? Huh? Then, <laughs> um, this man, in the back, yes, yes, you, 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 yes, he says, <laughs> women's can't have as much rights as men's because Christ wasn't a woman. Well, where your Christ come from? <laughs> hmm? Where your Christ come from? From God and a woman. Man didn't have nothing to do with it. Now, if the first woman God ever made was able to take this world and turn it upside down, all these women's hair together ought to be able to get it back and turn it right side up again. And now they's asking to do it. You men better let them. That's all I have to say. Much obliged for your listening to me. Thank you very much. Wow, I'm telling you, what a powerful statement. Ain't I a woman? Very, very powerful. And what an inspiration. Sojourner Truth standing up against all odds for freedom. Amazing. Well, welcome back. You are listening to uh, Women's Spaces. And I want to remind my listeners, for you just joining in, the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And joining me on the phone this morning is Stephanie King, the marketing director for Charles Jules Museum and Research Center here in downtown Santa Rosa. 
Hello, Stephanie. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm just, it's just wonderful. You know, it's so exciting to think that here in Sonoma County that we actually have the Schultz Museum and Research Center. So what I'd like us to do is, is start out by just telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved with the Schultz Center, how long you've been at the museum, and what it's like for you right now with the COVID virus and all the different things that are happening. Yeah, well, I've been with the museum for about two and a half years now, and um, I started out, I studied art history, so I've had a long career in working in museums, as well as I worked for an art book publisher, and, um, you know, got so fortunate to find this position here at the Schultz Museum. It's been an absolute delight. And I learn something every single day about Charles Schultz. And um, it's just so amazing to see how much his artwork has connected with such broad audiences and ages and generations. And it keeps going. So it's very fulfilling. Um, this past year has definitely been a roller coaster. And like so many others, we really had to find our way in the dark at the start of the pandemic. And... Um, you know, work on a very loose timeline. We had no idea that, you know, how long the museum would be closed. We closed in mid-March, and we had a a very brief opening in July for about five days and then have been closed again since. So it's been going almost a year now that the museum has been closed uh, to the public. But the staff has remained very active And we um, are taking full advantage of this opportunity to work behind the scenes and um, not only fix up the museum and do a lot of projects that would have been very difficult to do if we were actively welcoming visitors through the door, but we're also finding so many new ways to engage with audiences um, well beyond the museum walls. Um, For the very first time, we are seeing our programming reach global audiences and um, just the opportunity to explore that new way of working and new engagement has been one of the silver linings of this time. Um, we moved our online events, or we moved our events online, our school programs, exhibitions. We even provided a lot of new content on the website for free for people to enjoy at home. So um, we are um, very excited, at least to see that we've been able to expand in this time. And we hope that when things are safe, we're going to have a lot of new faces coming through the door who had no idea we existed before. Well, you know, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on. Number one, to to see how you're coping. But also the fact, because there's so many programs that I think will be of interest to children. And and that seems to be the, the call of late, that all these young people at home not having access the way that they should. So I think that's, that's really very, very interesting, the things that you said. And congratulations. I know what a struggle it must be. You yourself are working at home, right? Indeed, yes. Most of the staff is working from home. Only a, a very few essential staff members are in the office. Um, but we all have um, worked out how to work remotely and stay in touch um, with each other through Zoom, just like everybody else. And, um, you know, uh, 
we look forward to being back in the office when it will be safe to do so. But I've um, been very fortunate that the technology has been on our side, so we've been able to stay connected. Well, I thought I thought we would talk this morning uh, about the a new line uh, uh, exhibition, which really sounded so interesting to me. It's called Hidden Treasures, Unseen Originals from the Collection. Uh, it's uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Talk about what it entails and what what it's all about. Yeah, so it is our most in-depth online exhibition to date. We took a a 2019 in-person exhibition, the content from that, and we revised it in a way that is so much more enhanced for online audiences. It's well beyond what you would have seen in the museum. It um, focuses on the pillars of Peanuts, so what are the major themes that Peanuts is known for, like from Snoopy's doghouse and Lucy's psychiatric booth to the great pumpkin and, you know, Linus's security blanket, um, sports and school and all those elements that Charles Schultz did over this 50 year run of doing the comic strip and then boiling them down and looking at them through original comic strips that are in our collection. So these are what he would have sent to the newspaper syndicate for publication in the newspaper. And what's so rare about them is that you get to see the actual fine details that are lost when they've been reproduced in books and newspapers, like his pen strokes, there's margin notes. Oftentimes after they were printed, he would write personal dedications on them and give them to different people in his lives. So you get to zoom in very, very closely and look at all of that. And it's a very intimate experience to see his pen work um, and those fine details. We also added some behind-the-scenes commentary, um, audio commentary by Jean Schultz, which is his widow, our curator, Benjamin Clark, and Lex Fajardo and Justin Thompson, who are staff members at the Charles M. Schultz Creative Studio, uh, Creative Associates. And so these people work with the artwork all the time, and you get to kind of peek in and hear these very personal insights um, about the techniques that Charles Schultz was using, the themes, and how it all relates together. So it's a very enhanced experience that you, you know, very rare to have that opportunity, one, to look so intimately at the original strips, uh, as well as to hear from these um, valuable um, speakers about what you're looking at. And the strips that we show have only been exhibited once during the in-person exhibition at the museum. So these are very rare treasures that we have dug up, and it's a great uh, opportunity for fans, um, old and new. You know, and I think it's absolutely wonderful, too, is that you'll have a chance to listen to uh, Charles Schutz's widow, Jean Schultz. She really always has so much to say. Now, on this particular segment, why don't you give the website and how people can get the information? If you can, and also for what I understand, there's a there's a small fee. It's free for members of the museum, and then there's a ten dollar for uh, non-members. And it's up for thirty days. It looks like it's going to be up on online for thirty days. Is that the idea? Well, it's on our website, which is schultzmuseum.org. S C H U L Z museum.org. There's no T in Schultz, and um, Actually, what you can do is when it's a good time for you and you want, if you want to purchase access is indeed it's $10 if you're not a member, but then you get the link and the password valid for 30 days. So the exhibition is going to remain on our website for some time. 
uh, you just get to choose when you would like to have the access to it. It, so- it sounds like you've really gone out of your way to accommodate people. You know, can can we switch? I want to switch down to another program that you have that I think will be particularly of interest to parents, and that's the Schultz Museum at Home. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, right away when we had to close our doors, we wanted to find a way for all the families that were at home trying to find navigate their way through their days. And we developed a page called Schultz Museum at Home, which features downloadable free activities and projects for all ages, but especially focused on um, families. There's coloring sheets, um, search and find activities, cartooning projects, and all of it is just at your fingertips. To go to our website, on the landing page, you'll see a tab for online. Click that, and you'll find it, and um, can go there and browse all the different things. We add a couple activities each month, so just check back. Um, or you can follow us on social media, which is Schultz Museum, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then we always announce when we have uh, something new for, for people to download. Is this open to the public? Or is this, is this membership, or how, how does this part work? No, absolutely free to anybody who wants to visit our website. That is amazing. So give the website again. org. S-C-H-U-L-Z-M-U-S-E-U-M.org. Okay, so the last thing, I mean, I just I just think it's amazing that you have made so much available. I mean, this particularly this Schultz Museum at home and this uh, Hidden Treasures, I mean, the opportunities. And then you have another program called Schultz Museum on Demand, and I imagine that is for uh, available for members, which there's a small cost for, and non-members, and they can also find that information on your uh, website, right? You're absolutely correct. So what we noticed is we were doing the we've been doing online events since the summer, and they've been very popular. But some people mention like the time just does not work for them, or oh, I really missed that. I wish I could go back. So what we did was we put all of our recordings of past online events up on our website for on-demand access. Um, members uh, would be ten dollars, and uh, non-members are fifteen dollars for at least a one-hour program. Most of these include how to draw peanuts series that are taught by the professional peanuts um, cartoonists. So you can learn how to draw Snoopy and Woodstock and Charlie Brown and Snoopy siblings. Um, there's a whole bunch of projects that are past events you can look through and download at your leisure to enjoy at home. Well, Stephanie King, I want to thank you so much for bringing all this information to our audience. And any last words? And get, I, I know I'm having you repeat that website several times, but, you know, sometimes someone comes in a little bit late and they haven't heard all the information. So any last words you might have to the public and also to give your website one more time and if there's any way they can email you for further information. And also to remind my listeners that all this information will be on our website, www www.womenspaces.com where you can also hear the rerun of the uh, of the interview with Stephanie. So any last words, Stephanie, and the website one more time. Thank you. Um, our website is schultzmuseum.org. That's spelled S-C-H-U-L-Z museum.org. And um, I just want the audience to know that while our front doors have been closed and are closed until further notice, 
we have so much for them to be doing online. So please come join us. Go to our website, visit the online tab, and see. check out our free downloadable activities at the Schultz Museum at home. Um, browse our on-demand events that you can enjoy, how to draw peanuts, and check out our online exhibitions, one of which is the brand-new Hidden Treasures exhibition that we spoke about. Well, thank you, Stephanie King. You are all such, you are such a treasure. I mean, I want to thank you for always, always returning my calls and always willing to give such good information about the museum. And thank you for sharing your struggle. I know it, it helps other people understand what's going on. So thank you very much and good thank luck you. with all these wonderful things. Thank you things. for having me. So oh, much. My I really pl- appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Wow, there's so much going on in our community. There's so much to be appreciated. You know, there's so much to appreciate. Well, we're going to take a musical break again, and I'm really excited. When we come back, I'm going to be talking with one of my favorite people, which is uh, Faith Ross, and she is one of the people that's organizing the event for Black History Month in Petaluma. And the song I'm going to be playing is a, a song from the movie Harriet that was, you know, Harriet, about Harriet Tubman, who also was very, very instrumental during uh, during the time that people, black people were trying to get their freedom. And this is an amazing song. And I really believe that this song tells the story of what Harriet Tubman had to go through and what her people had to go through in order to escape the bonds of slavery. I mean, what a horrible situation it must have been. I mean, the more I read about it, the more films I see, I say to myself, how, how in God's world can people do this to other people just because of the color of their skin? Anyway, let's go ahead, Ken, and listen to Stand Up, sung by Cynthia Ivero. With my face turned to the sun Weight on my shoulders A bullet in my gun Oh, I got eyes in the back of my head Just in case I have to run While the clouds roll back and the stars fill the night That's when I'm gonna stand up Take my people with me Together we are going to a brand new home Far across the river Can you hear freedom calling Calling me to answer Gonna keep on keeping on I can feel it in 
song. I just want to tell my listeners uh, the song we were playing was Stand Up from the from the uh, movie Harriet about Harriet Tubman who is another uh, hero of mine. Harriet Tubman was an American abolitionist and political activist. She was born into slavery. Uh, Tubman escaped and sub- subsequently made some 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 enslaved people including family and friends. Among, I mean, I just can't imagine, and they use the network of anti-slavery activists and safe houses known as the Underground Railroad. Very important piece of history that we need to know. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and joining me on the phone is one of my favorite people, Faith Ross. Welcome, Faith. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you, Elaine. Thank you for actually asking me and for having me. I can always remember that you remember to do that every year. Thank you so much for oh. that. Well, you know, it's, it's such an important piece of history, you know. And then this year, you know, talking about Petaluma brings uh, the museum exhibit to the streets. I mean, this sounds so interesting to me that I just, I just love it. I mean, I just love it. Well, before we start, Faith, let me tell the folks just a little bit about you, if that's okay. That's fine. Thank you. You know, I got to say this about Faith Ross. I met Faith when I first sat down as a member of the Commission on Human Rights here in Sonoma County. And I I just want to thank you. I mean, I remember that first day that she turned and said to me, hello, welcome. And that that just made my day. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, Faith Ross has lived in Sonoma County since 1975. That's actually two years after I moved up here, Faith. I moved up in uh, 1973. Wow. She has re- she's a re- she's retired auditor appraiser for the uh, County of Sonoma Assessor's Office. She is on the board of several local organizations, the Petaluma Community Relations Council and the Black Forum. She is the president of the Petaluma Blacks for Community Development. Her husband and her have two grown sons and eight grandchildren. Oh wow, eight grandchildren. That's wonderful. <laughs> and like I said, uh, her and I met at the commission of you human rights and 
she is just one of these women that shows up all the time and is very active for her community and for her people. Well, Faith, let's start out. You know, it is Black History Month. Can you talk a little bit about the history, its origin, and why you personally and why the people in Petaluma, particularly all these different organizations, believe that it is an important month to celebrate and important for people to be aware of? Well, yes, uh, Elaine. Actually, Carter Goodwin Woodson was believed that black people should know their history. He was troubled by the lack of information about accomplishments of African Americans. So in 1915, founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, an organization now called the Association for the Study of African American Life and History. And so he began actually to write black history into the nation's history. And then in February of 1926, he launched the celebration of Negro History Week. He chose the second week of February for his celebration because it marked the birthday of Frederick Douglass, which is February 14th, and President Abraham Lincoln, whose birthday is February 12th. And then, in 1976, it became not just a week, but a month, Black History Month. And, you know, Elaine, the study of black history is important because it is such an important part of American history. You can't separate the two. You can't uh, talk about American history without talking about black history. And that's why it's so important to us. Yeah, people don't recognize, people don't recognize how much, how many things that were created and built because of black Americans. I mean, it, that's right. It's, it's, it's amazing how, you know, even, even to this day, I mean, when I, when I just saw, uh, uh, the, this, the uh, movie uh, Harriet, I mean, just learning that little piece of history to me is, is almost shocking. And at the same time, as a human being, gives me a lot more courage. Well, this year, this year, the theme, uh, what is the theme this year, by the way? And what, and around the, I believe it's celebrating family. And what does family mean to you? And why, why celebrating family now? Why do you think it is so important? You know, Elaine, um, the national black history theme is the black family, representation, identity, and diversity. Ah. But uh, we felt it just was, we felt that with everything that happened in 2020, and you know, the pandemic, the instant ability to see black people being killed, the protest as a result of that, and the upcoming election, all of that just sort of... uh, sparked me and made me think. We felt that we needed something that would help to bring our community together. We decided to make our theme celebrating family. We felt that family is more than people who are blood-related or who choose to be family, but also our community. We needed something to bring us together as people, regardless of our color or any other thing that divided us. Working with the city of Petaluma, and fantastic, absolutely fantastic community members, we were able to to develop our Celebrating Family exhibit. We had so many people come alongside us and work on this project. And so 
the theme really resonates because it's, it's a com- I consider it a community builder. Well, you you talk about community, and there's also you said that it was the uh, Petaluma Blacks for Community Development that actually actually developed this program. Before we talk about the program, why don't you talk a little bit about them? What are their mission and their goals, or and and how are you involved? Well, Petaluma Blacks for Community Development, you know, Elaine was us was really the brainchild of Gloria Robinson, and she was. She had been in Petaluma several years before we uh, before we moved here, but she talked to people as she met them in the grocery store in different places and told them what her dream was because she wanted to to have an organization that would be started by black people, but that would uh, help to bring us into the community where we could tell people about black history because she she knew from her one of her sons at least being in school already not having anything taught in the classrooms about black history so our mission is uh we exist to share black history and culture with our community we do this through our annual black history program black history exhibit and other events that we share with our community free of charge, and that's the key. We wanted to make sure that these activities could be free to encourage attendance by all people. And then our real vision is to help make our community free of hate and get rid of those issues that divide us based on color. I'm about to cry. Yeah, <laughs> that is it's, so. It's, I mean, that is that is so. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to say this. You know, I was just. Li- I've also watched the autobiography of uh, of uh, uh, Miss Jane Pittman, and oh my god, mm-hmm. oh my god. I mean, t- that I had to watch it in increments. I had to shut it off. I said, I can't watch this. I, I I just can't go through this. And when I hear you talk about wanting the community coming together with love and compassion, and I. I just it just makes me want to cry. That's all I'm going to say. You know, another thing that that's really interesting about the um, the uh, Petaluma Blacks for Community Development. They are the ones that are pretty much behind or really have supported this uh, this event for a uh, Black History uh, Black History Month. So talk about it. I mean, it sounds so exciting. Petaluma brings museum exhibit to the streets. I mean, I love the title. Talk about that. You know, what does it look like? I mean, what does that mean? Are people going to be marching around or how is that going to happen? <laughs> how is that going to happen? I mean, when you, okay. when you hear go to the streets, I'm sure people say, hey, wait a minute, you know. So, go ahead. What is, well, well, what happened is um, I, I think back in probably July or August, I started to think about what the theme would be because every year I go online and see what the national theme is and then I saw that it was going to be the black family. And because of the things I talked about earlier, I decided, I thought, well, maybe what we should do is bring it into the community and give everybody a chance to participate. But I also knew that perhaps, because you know that our exhibit has always been in the museum, and at that point the museum was closed, and it's still closed to this day. And so that's when I, I looked around and I thought, well, maybe storefronts where people could stroll downtown and just look at pictures. And I shared this with uh, Paige Green, a a young lady, a photographer here in town that I met through another organization that I participate in. And she said, well, I'm a photographer and I can take pictures. 
And she said, well, I can take pictures of the black people. And then I said, well, no, it's not going to be just black people. It's going to be anybody who wants to participate in it. And so, and she has a lot of connections within the city. And so I initially contacted, I think it was in November, the uh, the mayor of Petaluma and also the city manager because we felt that this project was going to be expensive. And so I, I uh, emailed them and told them what my thoughts were about it and asked if they would be willing to help. And they both, both Teresa Barrett, our mayor, and Peggy Flynn, our city manager, said yes. She said, they both said, we'd love to. That sounds like a wonderful idea. And so we started to work on it. And, you know, back then we started to ask families if they wanted to participate. And it didn't matter the color, the sex, whatever. You know, you could participate in this. The only thing that we asked is that you tell us what family means to you. And it needed to be a family. And, you know, that caught on. I kind of thought maybe 35 people. We had over 70 families, actually, come forward and uh, decide that they wanted to participate. And initially, I thought about, well, storefronts. Okay, so empty storefronts. And Peggy and uh, Paige actually said, no, let's ask the stores that are open. And that makes sense. And so here we are with this beautiful exhibit downtown. People can see from all over downtown and actually somewhat out of the town area, like Aquas. There are pictures in the Aquas. There are actually pictures in the, the Petaluma Arts Center right now. Uh, it's closed, but this week we're going to go in and videotape what's there and bring it to our Black History program that's going to happen on February 27th. You know, it's really interesting when, when you're talking that the Margaret Mead quote comes to me, never underestimate the power of an idea from one person. I mean, it's just amazing that you you took this idea, you had this vision, you know, and then all of a sudden, and, and it to include so many people. You know, I'm going to catch you a little bit off guard, but what, what was kind of the general idea of what, what, what are some of the things you, do you have anything in mind that one or two people wrote about family? You know, it, it for me, it was like family is it, it's that, that stable part of your life, you know, those those people that you, you you fight with, but you still love. You may have disagreements with, but you can still come to a conclusion and stuff. And so that's what we were looking at. And some of the things, Elaine, that people shared, I mean, just it, some of it just brought me to tears, just seeing them and stuff. And Paige, she is such a wonderful photographer. She captured, she really captured the essence of each one of these families. And then to turn around and just be able to read what they said about family is just remarkable. I've had so many telephone calls and so many emails from people talking about, wow, they were so glad they got a chance to see the exhibit. Well, the the amazing thing, the amazing thing is that you brought everybody together. You know, right. that, and you know we have to we have to look at everybody with a capital E. In fact, everybody in all capital letters. I mean, the fact that the the heart opens up 
you know, and we say, come in. You know, we're all together. We all love family. We all want to be with people. We all want to live. We all want a decent life. I mean, come on. We're just human beings, and let's let's get it together already. And this is just a marvelous, marvelous. I mean, my hat goes off to you. I had no idea it was this extensive. When, when I started looking at it, I, you know, you sent me the brochure, and I go, wait a minute. What is going on here? This is just amazing. And, you know, it's, it, there's also the exhibit. It looks like, it looks like uh, what you said is uh, to tour the exhibit, you can pick up a map and scavenger hunt from the Visitor Center and Copperfields Bookstore and then uh, use your phone or other devices. And what is this PBC4US.com? What is that all about? That is our website. Our website is... PBCD, that's Petaluma Blacks for Community Development for Us dot com. And on there we have some history of our group. We have uh, actually pictures, some of the pictures from the the exhibit on there. And there's the history of black history that's also on there. And and Elaine, we are just starting a leadership group for our young people. We have about, it's a pilot program right now, and it's about, I think, eight or ten young people who are having their six lessons in this this leadership group that that they're doing. And so um, we're we're going to be kicking that off once we get the feedback from these six six sessions that we're having. But anyway, our website, which is absolutely a gift to us, it was created by Christine Walker from the Design Guild. When I said we had people... all nationalities and everybody come to us and participate on this. You know, I cannot begin to think everybody who has reached out and said, what can I do? How can I do it? And it's just been amazing. Well, it's a, it's it's absolutely amazing to me too. And also, it looks like it. I have this. Uh, I want to tell the folks too that the annual Black History Program will be viral on February twenty seventh at six thirty, and you could sign up by going to pbcd four us dot com. That's their website. Is that that's correct? That's right. And you do have to sign up. You have to register in order to be able to uh, to see the program. And you know, we've normally like for the last eight years we had had a jazz concert to help us raise enough monies to do our programming and do our exhibit and keep it all free to the community but because of the pandemic this year and COVID-19 and everything else that has been going on we were not able to have the jazz concert but Dorian Mode has agreed to do several uh, numbers within the program so that's going to be really wonderful and also the Santa Rosa um, High School Art Quest. Their dancers are going to be dancing. There's just going to be a variety of things going on. Dancing, music, uh, the Negro National Anthem will be sung by a quartet here in town. And it's beautiful. You'll just have to hear it. We, we, so I, I'm looking forward to it. I actually played the National Anthem as the opening up last last um, last Monday to honor Black mm-hmm. History Month. Very important. Okay, we've got about one minute left here, uh, uh, Faith. So go ahead and give us last words and give us one more uh, shot, you know, one more announcement of your website and anything else that you'd like to say. So go for it. I would just like to make sure that anybody who has the ability to come over to come to Petaluma, please come and see the uh, the exhibit. It's just really, really powerful to see that many families out there and what they think of their families. And our website is 
absolutely new. It's absolutely beautiful. It is pbcd4us.com. We also have a Facebook page, so if you just forget the website, just put in Petaluma Blacks for Community Development into your Internet, and you will get all of the information and stuff. But make sure, make sure that you register to come to the Black History Program on February 27th at 6.30. Well, Faith Ross, thank you for doing such a wonderful, wonderful job. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for your consciousness about bringing the whole community together, recognizing each other as a community, all of us having families and issues and all that other wonderful stuff. And a reminder to my listeners, all this information that you've heard today will also be on the website www.womenspace.com and we'll have the listing of all the different places that you can see the exhibit and get a map and do the scavenger hunt. Thank you once again, Faith Hoss, and much, much success with this exhibit. Thank you, Elaine, for recognizing this. We so appreciate you. Oh, well, we appreciate you too, and thank you so much. And happy Black History Month, everybody. Thank you. Wow, 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 is all I can say about our community. God, Sonoma County, and all of Northern California celebrating this wonderful month. Well, that's it for our show. Special thank you to Stephanie King, Marketing Director for the Schultz Museum and Research Center in Sonoma County, and Faith Ross, one of the organizers in Petaluma for the celebration of Black History Month, talking about Petaluma and how they're making taking the museum to the streets. This is Elaine B. Holt. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. She can wait so easily. She knows everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Because the woman in your life, the woman in your life, the woman in your life. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 8th, 2021.